Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Welcome to another Peers Over Beers. My name is Chris Detzel, and we're going to live on the wild, wilder side today. We have special guest Scott Wilder here on Peers Over Beers. Hey, Scott. Hey there. Thanks for having me today. I hope it's okay that uh, I'm gluten-free and don't always drink, you know, most of the beers that are offered to me. But uh, <laughs> You did say most, so that just means you do drink some beers every now and then. I do. There's some gluten-free beers, and then every once in a while when nobody's looking, I will drink a beer that does have <laughs> beer in it, but I'm supposed to be gluten-free. <laughs> well, you know, you do the best you can, and it's okay to probably cheat a little bit every now and then. It's good to know that you, is there a, a specific gluten-free beer you like? Uh, I'll just take whatever they give me. Yeah. <laughs> if you just say gluten-free, you got it, just put it in it. And, uh, yeah, I prefer sense. more of the uh, clear um, clear drinks like uh, sake, vodka. Mm -hmm. So you like the you have stuff. those. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, those aren't bad either. I mean, um, I've been collecting a little bit of scotch and for my birthday, uh, my wife got me the, um, it's the blue label. Uh, what is it called? Um, Leah, what was it? She's right there. No, she, she can't hear me, but anyways, uh, but I've been collecting some scotch and, and it's been really good. So, um, well, hey, we don't, we can talk about beer and or scotch or even the, the white or the clear stuff that you like, but we want to talk a little bit about community uh, today, but, you know, Scott, if you don't know him, he's, he's like the master of all things communities. I mean, he's, he's been there, done that, and has done this job and, and led communities for a really long time. As a matter of fact, um, he and I were talking probably what Scott, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And you mentioned, and, and I was talking to him about, you know, at one point in my career, um, probably about a year ago, somebody came up to me and said, Chris, is, is community the only thing that you want to do? I mean, he said, you know, it's a good role and it's good. I'm sure it does well for you, but, you know, is there something that you might want to think of in the future? You know, I was like, yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know. I mean, and so, you know, I was talking to Scott about that and Scott was mentioning that, you know, he did you did community stuff and then you kind of went into the growth marketing and, and that kind of stuff. And I'm highly interested to, to learn more about that. You know, you kind of moved your career from that community, but also into growth marketing. What, what was that like? Yeah. And I'm more than happy to give more about uh, my background, but yeah. I think, you know, I was, <laughs> sorry, I can go down that. We can, no, 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 we can go down that path if you want, but uh you know, I think it's really important to, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with like focusing hundred percent on one discipline, Yeah. but, uh, I think, you know, even though this is the time right now and, you know, kind of internet history for community, um, I think there's still some limitations in terms of large companies and budgets they put in there. And I realized that early on, I'd worked it into it for many years. And then I did community at Google and I got to Marketo. And Marketo is definitely um, stepping up and putting money into the community. Anybody who's been in that space knows about the marketing nation. Um, and so we really built out a, a very, I think, a very successful community there. But I also decided at that point that um, I needed another power. I don't know if it's a superpower or not, but I needed mm -hmm. another skill set. And uh, so since I was at Marketo and I was learning Salesforce, et cetera, 
I decided to lean into growth marketing. And so uh, I'm a big baseball fan. So as Yogi Berra says, when there's a fork in the road, take it. And so I took both paths of community and growth marketing and really focused on trying to be the best you know, growth marketer, uh, growth product person I could be. There was also a book that came out a few years before that. And um, so I did both there. And then after I left uh, Marketo, um, still doing some community stuff, but I leaned in even more into the growth marketing at Adobe. And I can talk a little bit about some of the learnings there and Coursera and Udacity. Um, I still did some stuff in the community, uh, but then when I went to HubSpot, then I went back into community as kind of like a, you know, my primary focus. Um, and I can talk a little bit about what I wanted to do there. There's something called the T-shaped marketer. And the T-shaped marketer says, you know, horizontally, like a T, you know, there's certain marketing skills you need to acquire for your career, right? You need to understand data. You need to understand positioning and branding. But it also says from a vertical aspect that there's two or three areas that you should really focus on. And so, again, you know, at that point in my career, I really decided to focus on growth marketing and continue with community. Do you see? So we'll get back to kind of, uh, and by the way, great job of bringing that into your career. That was awesome. <laughs> and, and kind of your past. Um, and, and I always tell people I get off a little bit sometimes and, and thank you for bringing it back already in the beginning. Um, so when you kind of look at uh, growth marketing in communities, do you see similarities and, and, and or places where they can kind of meet? I mean, I just, I'm, I'm fascinated in kind of your thoughts there. I mean, because you went back to community from growth marketing. Yeah, definitely. So I've always thought of, you know, even when I did community early on, a community is a product, right? So some people who are in community, you know, they might have more of a kind of a product mindset. Some might have more of a kind of like, I'll call it like focused on the, the moderation and belonging and, and all that. And some might focus on data or some might focus on integration. So I always had that product mindset. So it really was natural for me to think about product led growth or um, marketing led growth. And so some of the things I think are really key is uh, growth marketing requires cross-functional work, right? Uh, so kind of the philosophy is small teams, growth squads move quickly. So I think that's one thing. Um, the second thing would be uh, kind of optimizing the journey, right? So looking at doing small um, experiments and tests, learning and optimizing further, which I think actually is something that most community managers I talk to don't focus on, right? This ability to constantly test. Um, and you could be testing out a feature and an MVP focus. It could be testing out content um, messaging, testing out a different onboarding path. Um, and then the last thing or the next thing would be just being really data-driven and you know, we're all wrestling with ROI and all that. Um, but like what engage, what, sorry, what metrics you look at, um, how do you constantly look in that kind of continuous improvement mindset, you know, whether you're trying to focus on the ROI number, the engagement number, or even like the activation number. I like that. Yeah. I think that, you know, the data focus piece is especially like, uh, I'll give you some examples of my organization today is, you know, we are a data company, um, but, you know, we, like every other company, have a hard time kind of, one, connecting business systems together, you know, to talk to each other. When I think of, you know, all the really rich and awesome data that you can get from a uh, community, 
you know, not having those systems connected, like, you know, could be Marketo or it could be a Salesforce or whatever, right? It, it's hard because, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, the other day I presented in front of the company, um, the number of accounts that are in community uh, that CSMs have or that we have overall, right? And I'll say we have 65% of our accounts in community has at least one user. And so getting that data was extremely difficult. But when I got that data and I showed that to the organization, our CEO, our CMO, our you know chief customer officer are all interested in, oh, and you could do it by CSMs and, and things like that. So it's one and then, you know, that led to more work for me. Oh, well, we should do that for our partners and we should do that for whatever. But the way I had to get that information was very um, manual. But then people started coming to me like this one guy was like, hey, I can help you get this automated and everything else. And so we'll see if that happens. But but that, you know, when people hear that the CEO is interested in this, this and this, and they can help me do that, you know, that's really awesome. And I think bringing that data to the forefront you know, is the key and showing the value of that. I mean, that's just one small thing. It's like small, it took a, some effort, but, you know, just think what we can do now that, hey, X number of accounts are there, then eventually we can start thinking about, you know, when they engage uh, in the community, you know, how much does that influence revenue? How much does that influence, you know, uh, uh, renewal rates and, and those kinds of things. We're not there yet, but that is, but those things are key and presenting that information is very important. That's awesome. It's great to hear you're you're on that journey and, and thinking that way because I think yeah one of the big challenges as you pointed out is integrating these multiple systems. There's a few companies that are in the market now trying to uh, address that issue, um, but I think it's yeah you know connecting your community to your CRM, connecting it to your you know if you have an advocacy platform, mm-hmm. uh, I think is really important. And then looking at it, you know if we're in the B two B space, so whether it's at the individual level or the account level. Um, tying it to, you know, um, revenue revenue growth, tying it to lifetime value, et cetera. Yeah, but that's hard to do, right? But I think that's from, so, you know, yeah, I, I don't I think, want to make it sound like it's a, it's not a slam dunk and you need lots of beers to figure out <laughs> or clear alcohol. Um, <laughs> I, I do think, Scott, though, is as is, is I kind of get into usually my forte is building a community from scratch and then kind of uh, scaling up. And, you know, what I've learned over the years is that when you go in there into an organization and you start from scratch, you know, a lot of times a company is not ready for what, what you get to tell them about connecting to these business systems and everything else. But if you preach or however you want to say it, you know, evangelize the, um, uh, the, the customer experience of, you know, let's think about how a customer gets into your system. They go to docs, they go to get support, they go into to create an idea, they go into the community, they go into, if there's like five different logins, six different logins to do these things, and then there's no data to kind of, you know, the data is all sporadic, you know, uh, and you can't get um, what you need from it. You know, it's okay at first, but then you got to build a plan to get there, at least have it in your mind to say, well, we did this one thing. We connected enterprise search to some systems. So that's good. That's, that's one step. Now customers can search anywhere and get any information on our stuff. And then, you know, can we start looking at case reflection, that kind of stuff? And then you go on to the next thing. Is SSO next? You know, is law next? Then all of a sudden, three years, five years down the road, you have this really great buzzing, not just community, 
but self-help, you know, digital self-help support kind of kind of thing, if that's kind of your goal, right? Um, that we didn't talk about the marketing piece, but I think that comes, you know, as well, depending on what type of community you have. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And I think it's a, it's a great approach to not try and um, to, to boil the whole ocean at once. And, to, yeah. you know, you need some internal points on the board to show people like, you know, if you just, I mean, think about just connecting, you know, um, the knowledge base experience with the community experience, you know, some platforms have it all in one, but yeah. they might not. Um, and then, you know, if you start with a customer first at HubSpot, we like to say, you know, customer first versus function out is really um, key as well. And then, um, yeah, you know, I think we talked about this once is it, it kind of cracks me up that, uh, you know, most websites out there, if you look at the navigation uh, bar, it's kind of resembles the org chart. And right, yeah. it's like, you know, service, support, marketing, mm -hmm. community. And I'm like, and but that's not how, you know, our customers are thinking. They don't think of, you know, your company or my company as, you know, in terms of different disciplines. So, but I like your approach. Yeah, you know, don't, you know, start simple, get some points on the board and then, you know, build out, build out over time. You know, and, and to shift this conversation a little, uh, you, you mentioned that, um, you know, trends within community and, and I'm not sure if this is exactly where you wanted to go, but, you know, over the last, look, community has been around for a long time, right? And, uh, you know, you've been in this space for a really long time. You know, uh, I look at your LinkedIn and it looks like what, 2001 at least, or maybe even before that. So um, as you see the last two years and maybe it's COVID type related, I would love to kind of get your thoughts and views on, you know, from, you know, you've been doing community, what's changed in the last two or three years, if anything, to you? Uh, there's certainly a buzz, you know, that's at, at the very least has changed. And then where do you kind of see community going in the future? Yeah, I mean, certainly, not, not to put you on the spot, but I'm, I'm very interested oh, no, to hear okay. your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. so. No, no, I'm, um, yeah, so I think, you know, obviously, you know, we all know COVID has accelerated a lot of this stuff and we know that there's more jobs out there. Um, I think this, you know, focus on data is a big one. And I, you know, made a comment earlier that there's a number of companies in the space trying to think through about how to integrate your data, your community data with other platforms. Mm -hmm. um, two is I think this whole integrated experience of, you know, a lot of times when I talk about community, I try and elevate the conversation to either customer led growth or community engagement. And what I mean by that is, again, you know, what's that how do how, what's that customer want to what's the customer want to accomplish right and so they go to an engagement place where they might do some community they might like you know dabble in the knowledge base they might like go to the academy or whatever um so i think that's going to be a trend that accelerates uh, i think ai and um, automation is another big thing and then you know everybody now these days is talking about social tokens and nfts and yeah and things like that. So I think that is, you know, another uh, trend that's going to accelerate, at least in the, you know, in the B2B space, there's certainly B2C companies that are already like doing some really interesting stuff. You know, you, you can get uh, an NFT of an inflatable uh, uh, Coca-Cola uh, person. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, or you I get didn't. Unique sneakers and things like that. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting because you uh, hear a lot about this web 
3.0 or Web3 or you know, however you want to. And I did a little bit of reading about it. And I still can't completely understand it. But you know what? what um, and, and you can comment on this, but because you probably know more about it than I do. But from my understanding of what I read, I think it was yesterday or day before, is is that you know today there's only a few um, companies that pretty much own the internet in a sense. You know, it's Google's, the Facebooks, and places like that. Maybe it's Twitters and how people are engaging in some ways, or at least kind of the big influencers. But you know, over time, that will change. We'll kind of have our own internet space, you know, with all this stuff, with blockchain stuff. And, you know, I've seen a lot of buzzwords, to be honest, and, and I don't completely understand them. But I do think it's going to be uh, an important thing as we move forward, because when you start looking at kind of, you know, even Web 2.0 and social and everything else that took place, that was, those were buzzwords then, right? Like when you think of, you know, uh, now it's true when you big data and stuff like that. I remember those being big buzzwords, but then it became uh, the real thing. I think Web3 is true and it's going to happen, but that exactly looks like we don't know. I don't know. I mean, we have some ideas, but what do you think? I mean, am I kind of on the right track-ish or am I just way off and just saying bullshit? <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. No, no, it's, uh, and it's funny what you said about buzzwords. Um, just to go off on a tangent for a second, uh, so it was 19, 1995, I think it was, 96. And I was in a room at um, a company called GNN and Webcrawler. Webcrawler was the largest search engine then. And mm. uh, we were talking about how to create something called an ad, a, a internet ad. And we were talking <laughs> about something that uh, like how to, okay, so people are going to go to the search Webcrawler and uh, we want to figure out how to create an ad. And we said, okay, well, maybe we can do an ad if somebody types in a certain word like New York, we'll show them an ad related to New York. And somebody said keyword. And like at that point, it was like, you know, maybe a handful of people were using the term keyword for search, hmm. you know, and today everybody is, you know, that's like sec secondary. So yeah, so, you know, we, um, but getting back on track, I think how you're thinking is right. You know, I think this the the main destinations of a search engine like Google or, you know, we can debate Facebook. They're running into some rough times, um, or you know, the Apple Store. That I think those are still going to be there. Yeah, but you will find these communities um, that will be more decentralized. They're called DAOs, um, where the, you know the power to the people and the people will manage them. But there's going to be a happy medium because, again, you know, I'm, I mainly work in this B2B space, right? And so yeah, I don't think too. a company is going to turn over the key, you know, give the keys of their car to their community. They might co-design it. There's, there's a few out hmm. there. There's a handful that have been really um, leaning in in terms of like letting the community run, letting the people run the community. But I think there's still going to be, um, you know, the the companies are still going to be owning the community because they have liability and stuff yeah. like that. But you could find, you know, communities that are just hundred percent owned by, you know, the people power of the people, a co-op of sorts. Yeah. I, I guess it, 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 when I think of that, you know, it just kind of, I'm not computing exactly what that means. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I mean, like I could start a community today and own it and have people come in, you know, and just, 
we all kind of do things, but I'm not sure what that means to be honest. So it's probably a little, I don't know if it's over my head. I just maybe haven't done enough research on it, you know? Yeah, sense. I would think about decision-making. So how decision-making is made, like you have a community and, you know, you're, you're the grand poobah. And so you can make all the decisions, but you could <laughs> open it up to, you know, 20 or 30 other people and make it a real kind of democracy of sorts. Um, and if then, if you're also, you know, selling tickets online or something, right. How do you sh share in the profits? And, hmm. you know, so that those are just some ways to think about it. That isn't okay. Okay, that's that's super interesting. Um, yeah, th th it's it's this is really cool stuff because you know it's definitely going to be the future of some sort, and we don't. I mean, we have some ideas, I guess, but it'll be fun to see, fun to watch. Um, what I, so other things that I know you wanted to talk about today, but uh, uh, so I'll give you kind of the chance. Do you have any questions for me or um, thoughts no, here to? You talk about, you know, beers, clear alcohol, or anything you want. <laughs> oh, I do love alcohol sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. I don't really – I drink maybe once a week and might have a drink or two at the most. I just, you know, I think I'm too old to really um, drink, you know, a lot. And I don't drink too much hardly ever, <laughs> you know. So if I do have one or two beers, I'm like to my wife, hey – uh, do you want to, um, do you want to drive? <laughs> so, um, yeah, don't drink and drive and don't, uh, don't drink and uh, tweet or don't drink and text. You know, it, it's very good advice because I see, I see myself sometimes grabbing the phone at a red light and I'm like, like, you know what, let's not do that. So, um, well, Hey, you know, I do kind of want to run something by you just to, to it's, a, it's a conversation that I had with um, uh, Donnie Weinstein uh, the other day, last week on a Piers Over Beers. And yeah, I think you know him. And, and I want to know, like, because you've been doing this for a long time. And, um, you know, one thing that we have for Relteo's community is executive support in a big way. And, you know, I've also had to where, you know, at other companies to where I would have executive support, those executives leave, and then you've got to start rebuilding that back up. And it was extremely difficult. And at the end of the day, it pretty much didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, so just want to get your thoughts on, you know, when you look at building communities, uh, online B2B communities, what does that executive support look like to you and, and how important is it? I think it's really important because you're always trying to get resources. Um, mm -hmm. I think that also, you know, I, I did hear that interview and there's a lot of good advice there. I think, you know, other things I would add is, um, you know, if you're in a smaller company or the founder's really involved, I would really like getting the founder involved. And I can talk a little bit about my experience with uh, Scott Cook at Intuit when we launched that community. Um, mm. and, and then I think also, um, Find the naysayers, the traditional naysayers. It could be corporate communications because they're worried about what you're saying. It could be legal. Um, it could be privacy, right? You really want to partner with those folks as well. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're all dealing with, like we talked about earlier, the ROI issue. So if you're trying to figure out how you can tie it to ROI, um, even if it's inferred ROI or even if it's... Um, 
multi part of a multi attribution model. So those are just yeah. kind of three things: founder, the naysayers, and then you know multi attribution or some you know some sort of ROI. Well, I definitely think you know if you can get the founder, CEO, those kind of people involved, and and I agree, you know, having a great relationship with legal and security and communications could be really a key point. I, I don't really think of the communications piece because you know our communications person, she's all for community, and she's you know, so it's it's hard for me to you know like well okay, but it's a it's a really good point, and you know one of the things that I've done and always said, and you're kind of like saying not. I don't know if you're saying not to do it, but when there's people in the organization that just don't believe in community or whatever, you know, my goal is not to convince them that community is going to work because you can't really convince people necessarily that, hey, yeah, okay, you're right, Chris. I mean, it's really just going out and proving it, but then finding those people and spending your effort that uh, with those executives that do care and getting that buy-in, and then over time, you hope to, you know, get that other person's buy-in if, if that's really needed, you know, I mean... I don't know that I waste that much time with the namesayers, you know, uh, maybe it's not a waste. I mean, I, I mean, the, the department you mentioned, you, you have to have legal and security by it. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, they have to be part of the, part of the journey. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, so I think the more you can get them involved and, you know, in the kind of decision-making process and kind of, you know, bring them along, you know, yeah, there's only one or two or three of you doing community. So you know, you have to kind of, you have to manage your time carefully. Um, you mentioned uh, Intuit and, and uh, having a, so a lot of our executives here at Reltio um, are from there uh, back probably more like 2010, 12 or something like that. But, you know, they, the culture and everything else they loved, you know, and so tell me a little bit about that, you know, kind of where community started there and you mentioned that the CEO or founder there was into it or, he was literally into the community. <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I was there, um, so I was managing the e-commerce site, uh, small business, uh, quickbooks.com. I was also managing digital marketing. And uh, the business problem was that all the product managers and all the marketing people said, we want lots of content on the website, right? Everybody mm -hmm. wants content. And uh you know, because of my age, I was in, influenced by this movie called uh, Show Me the Money. Yeah. Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. So I said, well, show me the money because I don't have the budget. And yeah. teams just wouldn't step forward and show me the money. So um, so I talked to Elliot Ng, who I was um, reporting to then, and said, uh, you know, I've done a lot of community in the past. How about if we test out this community thing? I'll just like fire up a server and... Um, you know, and see what I can do and give me six months MVP, even though people weren't using that term then. And he's like, go for it. Um, more or less overnight, we got lucky and the community took off big time. And uh, so we kind of had proof of concept then. And, uh, you know, we, we had proof of concept and, but then I needed some money to really scale it. You know, yeah. we were really bootstrapping. I mean, basically it was kind of, me and my little cube and my server <laughs> and um, doing your other job, doing my other job. So I actually tried to figure out, okay, how do we approach this? So I prepared a presentation to the C-level C, C team and Scott Cook, the founder. Um, I actually gave the presentation 
um, with legal, right? So at that time I was like, okay, who's going to like, yeah, because I was worried that legal would be really concerned um, Hmm. based on some previous work I had done. And I went to talk to Scott Cook and he was really big on something called what he called then user contribution systems. And so he was really trying to figure out how to leverage, you know, the wisdom of the crowd and to create content. So he loved the idea. And uh, then I presented at the C-level staff meeting and Steve Bennett, who was the CEO, went around the room and he said, okay, so Scott wants this money. He wants, this is the vision. This is the plan. Who, what do you guys think? And he asked each each of his direct reports and each one said yes, um, except for one. And one said, uh, well, I'm concerned that this is gonna, like an employee is gonna go in the community and say something negative. I think we've all run into that statement. Mm-hmm. Sure. And his response was, you mean you hired somebody you're concerned about? <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so that's when it really took off and it really kind of evolved into something called uh, live community, which is in TurboTax, where people can ask the community questions into this whole um, ecosystem of pro advisor accountants who are, you know, really customers of Intuit who are helping others. So that, that was kind of the, like the backstage or the stage of the, in the, the story of Intuit. You but founded that key... community? Yeah. You're the founder. I did not know that. Wow. Keep going. Wow. I'm so like uh, wild here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Take a walk on the wilder side. Yeah. Oh, so... Yeah. I can't wait to keep talking. Keep going. <laughs> but when you talked about the Intuit culture, so one of the things that Intuit did, um, you know, I would say this was, I don't know if it was a silver bullet in making community successful, but it was a, uh, maybe a bronze bullet, um, was <laughs> Intuit had a tremendous uh, focus on building leaders in the company. Like they really uh, operationalize how to create great leaders um, through like courses, through mentoring, through exercises, you know, we, ha- we all had ingrained in our, ourselves, ingrained in our heads, these, you know, they're kind of little mottos, uh, little slogans, but they really meant a lot like um, learn, teach, learn. So the best way to learn something is to teach it. And so CEO says that all the time. And that is our motto, learn, teach, learn. Okay. So that's where Scott, they got it. That's where they got it. They use, that's awesome. You're, you're just, yeah. oh so my I, God, it's the best conversation. So I took that. <laughs> so I took that playbook though of leadership and I actually used it to train our moderators, to train our power users in the community, to help them become leaders in their own, you know, their, on their own platforms in their own worlds. Um, and that was something that had a tremendous impact, right? It's all of a sudden, and, you know, I wish more pe- more of us community people would focus on this is like, if you're a moderator or community manager, you need leadership skills. They might be more in the virtual world than in person, um, but that's definitely needed. And then if you're building out kind of your champions and I'm into it is also really big in co-design, right? So we talked about leadership and uh, consumer-driven uh, innovation, uh, customer-driven innovation, sorry. And so you know, one of the things I took from that experience was working with customers to design your product and working with customers to make decisions. And uh, I got uh, um, a little flat flack at first, but I used to invite customers to my staff meetings 
and okay. have them hear it, you know, have the team hear it from the customers and have the customers make decisions with us kind of, you know, maybe it was like the, uh, we talked about web three, maybe it was a little bit of web three back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so I think, you know, in terms of culture, there was the leadership, there was the customer driven design, you know, there's other aspects as well. All that I leveraged for community, all that I've leveraged for growth, product led growth, um, tremendous impact. You know, I think that, you know, as we think about our careers and, you know, I'd be interested in, you know, how you would answer this is, you know, which company really influenced, you know, your, your yeah. professional DNA the most. Um, and for me, it was into it. Yeah, for me, um, well, there's two pieces to that uh, question to me, you know, there are two companies. One is Forrester Research. So I worked there for about nine and a half years. Um, in my early, early 30s, maybe it was late 20s when I started. Um, and, you know, it was kind of the true business type of company that I get to work for, you know, like before I was doing inside sales and stuff like that. But then um, I really started get to talk to leaders. George Colony is the CEO, Forrester Research, you know, and just just kind of his teachings and, and things like that. And it really kind of helped me to understand the business side of things, um, you know, and, and I was, you know, my job was there was more of a sort of had to deal with community, but basically um, it's called a, an advisor. And what I would do is work with the leaders of enterprise architecture uh, folks, connect them to peers, build agendas to get them to meet on-site case studies, all those kinds of things, get them in front of each other, basically you know, like Scotiabank and Taco Bell talking about their enterprise architecture practice, that kind of stuff. And just the people I met there and, and, you know, I still have a good friend there from in France that I go see every now and then. Uh, his name is Rakesh. And so um, so that company was really, you know, it was a huge, um, it was a big deal for me. And then the other piece, though, is after Forrester, um, I went to a company called Rexel. And Rexel, well, not right after, but kind of right after, um, and this guy, and, and as a matter of fact, um, he was the founder also of Peers Over Beers, Michael Sandoval. Um, but him and his his boss, Devishish uh, Saxena, so they Devishish led an e-commerce team in a B2B company that uh, was super old school, 70 years old, you know, that's never done digital anything. Um, and so they started e-commerce uh, in like 10, 15 companies or uh, uh, countries. Uh, and, and then we started social communities and live chat, kind of when you think of like the social piece, communities, live chat, uh, ratings and reviews, that was all under Michael and me. And then we had a developer and we did some really cool things, but just the relationships that they built, the, the just focus that they had, you know, and getting shit done was just amazing. And so for me, it was, it was more of the relationships and what they taught me. You know, Michael was an extremely patient teacher. I mean, I caught on fast ish, but you know, whenever it came to digital things, Forrester didn't teach me that, you know, uh, Michael and Devashish and the team he had around him taught me all those things that just didn't know the language or understand it at all. Like SEO is like, I don't know what the hell that is or digital marketing. What the hell is that? You know, and data, Oh my God, data is the hardest thing still, but you know, it's, you know, uh, it, digital puts you in that, uh, kind of going back to the data piece is digital is all things data, right? Like it just makes you focus in on 
that kind of stuff. When you think of like the digital marketing team at any product company or any team really, it's about data, 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 and always testing and seeing what works, what doesn't work, what messed up, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, that's where I kind of learned, you know, that, you know, I've always had to go get, you know, I'm kind of this, just tell me what to go do, you know, kind of stuff. And I've had over time to really be a little bit more strategic rather than these tactical things, you know, I'm good at getting shit done, but it took me a long time and I still struggle to some degree, you know, uh, with that higher level strategic focus, because one thing you tell me to do something, I'll do it. But, you know, and that's what that taught me is, is that, you know, slow down, Chris, you know, we're not going to get to the, the entire year roadmap in three months or less, you know, you can't do it. You know, let's focus on these three things, you know, this, this quarter and then next quarter we'll work on that other stuff. So, Hopefully that answers the question, but that's really for me is. I love your, uh, your passion and your desire to learn. And uh, that last thing you said reminded me of another Intuit slogan, which maybe you guys have there is focus on the critical few. I've heard that. Yes. Yep. That's another Intuit. uh, You heard that a lot of it into it. Yeah. It's something that Chris Highland, he's our CEO, uh, and, you know, he's very, you, you could tell it's, it's, he did this at um, Imperva when I was at Imperva and he actually recruited me to uh, Reltio, but, um, you know, th- he focuses in on those few that he knows is going to get um, the job done. I mean, he is, you know, everything you talked about and all the things that, you know, he's, he's implemented in his, his leadership, you know, and it's quite interesting. Uh, to hear you talk, you know, because you were before the Chris Highland stuff, right? And you're seeing all that stuff, you know, so obviously leadership before him, uh, before he was even there, you know, kind of had that same philosophy because you have some of that same same stuff. So that was, this is really fun. This was crazy weird to me because I hear that same <laughs> stuff that, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> so maybe I'll try to recruit you to do something. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, you'd fit yeah, in, man. I mean, it's awesome. So I think, you know, into it also, I just had, I mean, great leaders, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's for me, and I'm sure, for, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, who are you going to like go work for? What's mm-hmm. the team you're going to be with? You know, you want to work for a leader who's, um, you know, ins- inspirational, you click with, who you're going to learn something. Um, you know, Steve Bennett was uh, at Intuit. He was he, he was good. Brad Smith is a legend. You know, Brad Smith. Um, he was there when I was there. He just left a year ago or two years ago, and now he's um, basically reviving or the economy in West Virginia. And he's the, uh, wow. the president of Marshall College. I mean, think about how many you know very successful Silicon Valley CEOs you know who, who do something like that. It's, it's crazy. Like if you look at all the leaders that that company has produced, it's just, it's insane and, and really cool to hear, you know, another person that is outside of my company and talk about the same shit, <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, you know, Scott gets this, you know, he, he lives my life or you're, you're teaching, you're learn, teach, you're learn, you're doing the learn, teach, learn stuff, you know, that into it kind of put out there, you know, and, and my CEO does it. Um, our, our leadership team for the most part does that, you know, and that thinking is just, 
it's it's crazy to see like you see it like the people here at Relteo now i mean is is just it's just focus 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 yes it's learn teach learn but it's also you're getting stuff done you're you're making things happen we know exactly what to do to get this company to the next level um and that i think comes from that mindset so scott this has been great we definitely lived on the wilder side today for me anyways it was really awesome to talk to you well it's always great to take a walk on the wilder side uh, chris with you and uh, like i said you know um we connected a few weeks ago for the first yeah. time and you know from from the bleachers you know i really can see you know your passion and what you're doing with this podcast and your work and so uh and you got a great learning mindset which is like so important so thank you for inviting me here well thank you and uh well thanks everyone for another peers over beers i'm chris detzel and scott wilder thank you again for coming really appreciate it thank you